Well, hi, everyone out there. Thank you for tuning in to Love at First Laugh, the Green Room Edition. And today I have a fantastic comedian. I've known her for years. She is amazing, hilarious, talented, and a beautiful human being. She, you've seen her on Netflix, Hulu, everywhere. I mean, she has two comedy albums that are a total hit. And um, with no further introduction, <laughs> uh, please welcome the lovely Lana Turner. Hi, Lana. Hi. Hi, Grace. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I, I've been wanting to have you on for a while. You already did my lay down comedy. So yes. very yeah. fun being yes. scantily and, clad. Right. How did that feel for you? Wasn't it just like liberating? I like lingerie and pretty glittery lacy things. So yeah. it was fun. But I mean, I seldom have a reason to put that stuff on, really. I guess you don't need a reason, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it like sits in my drawer underneath like other things. And I put on stuff like this most of the time. So yeah, you feel really great when you can put it on. So yes, I actually had a lot of lingerie pre COVID that I never wore. And with the weight that I gained on <laughs> during COVID, I had to buy new lingerie, but I had uh -huh. a I know you have to wear it right. Or else yeah. like it sits in a drawer. Yeah. You forget about it. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, getting to put it on and for a podcast that's about woman empowerment. Yeah. And body positivity. How cool is that? Right? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So uh, today we're here to talk about your career, relationships, all kinds of stuff. So let's get this party started. Uh, the first question I always ask my, my guests is, uh, what propelled you to do stand up? How did you start? Well, the beginnings of Lana Turner. The very beginning. I yeah. um, was driving home from college and um i was a songwriter i am a songwriter and there was a do you remember the judds the country mother daughter duo there was yes. a, a song by them called daddy hands i'm in texas driving home comes on the radio i hear this i it inspires a comedy song um a version of daddy's hands that was about incest and I wrote these lyrics down on a piece of paper and put them next to me on the car seat. And I'm just driving along singing daddy's hands, that whole thing, you know, they were rough in the right places, like dirty song. Anyways, um, and after maybe about an hour after that, a tire flew out on the freeway in front of me and got caught under my car, flipped my car, wrecked on the freeway. Um, it skidded on the roof. I don't even know how far, stopped right before a pole. So I didn't have two additional impacts, but it messed me up. And when I got out of the car, car was totaled, um, the lyrics had flown out the window and I found them on the road and put them in my pocket, went to the hospital, woke up the next morning in a ton of pain, grabbed my guitar and finished the song. And wow. yeah, but that wasn't it. Like a year later, um, I wandered into the last stop because I was playing songs in like a singer songwriter setting. And yeah. I played a couple of funny songs and somebody was like, oh, you should go do stand up." It never occurred to me to go into a comedy club. I mean, I loved stand-up. I used to go see stand-up all the time, but I never saw women like me doing stand-up. So I went into an open mic and I got work very quickly out of it. I mean, I, my first time on stage went really well because I had three funny songs. So I already had a, a set that I could do. And yeah. I got work two months later, I got paid. That was it. I was like, wow. I'm not paid to do college. Grace, it's so funny because the booker put like 20 bucks in my hands. And I was like, what is this for? And he goes, I'm paying you for the gig. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I made money. And then like 
all these years later, it's still like 20 bucks. <laughs> right. You know, and I'm just shocking that it's like, it's so hard to make money, but like, it yeah. was, you know. <laughs> Hey, even if they pay you with pizza, you know, in the beginning, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, well, you know, like I always say that, you know, you do comedy for free because you love it so much, but getting paid to do it meant that I could actually do this. And um, yeah, that's, that's the story pretty much. I love it. Well, here, uh, Chris is saying it's your Canadian DNA for comedy. Of course, Chris is Canadian. <laughs> yes, I know Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> so yeah, Canadians... We, I did Chris's podcast recently. Like, yes. Yeah, com and we talked about how Canadian comedy is so great. Like, there's just, it's, it's. I love, you know, SCTV and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, so it's a, your Canadian DNA. That's, yeah. that's good. Canadian Texan. That's, so. yeah. That's a good DNA to have. Um, <laughs> so... So how, um, you know how we all like prepare to get on the stage at some point, you know, you just like, I, for example, I just like breathe in and out and just focus and get centered and grounded. Uh, what do you do? What are your like, uh, before you go on the stage rituals? Uh, well, it's been like a year since we've been on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll do this like thing where I, I like to stretch my legs. Like, like I'm getting up to like go for a run. Oh, um, wow. yeah, like an, like an Olympic event. Kind of yeah, like, like just to kind of get, I always like to, to pee before I get on stage, especially if I'm doing an hour, because I, I don't want to be uncomfortable. And I, I've never had that experience on stage where I was like, oh, my God, I have to get off stage and, and go right now, because fortunately, I, I feel like I have a bladder of steel. Although one time I had like wicked diarrhea right before oh, it was one of those things where i was like oh god i need a plug before i because like this is like, <laughs> that was like the whole time i was doing that so that it's like danger you know like yeah. this could go bad oh um, my god and what happened yeah. you were okay i was fine but it was one of those moments yeah. that i was like okay so right up until the precipice of like getting announced to get on stage i was in the bathroom like oh god um that's a little much but yeah, prepping to get on stage though. I just I'll I'll play my guitar a few times, run through a few songs, and uh, but I don't really get nervous anymore because I've been doing it so long. So it's yeah. If if there is some sort of like mitigating factor that I'm like I don't know what I'm in for, and this might be I'm feeling that like those jitters, which yeah. like I said it doesn't happen as much. Anymore. I I I go through this mantra in my head where I go, okay, no if it. Even if it goes bad, if it goes good, it doesn't matter because mm -hmm. in an hour or whatever the set length is, an hour, 20 minutes, whatever it is, it'll be behind me, good or bad. And then, so I tell oh, myself yeah. that and it it allows that whatever those nervous energy, whatever to subside. That's very good. That's very smart. I like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's I might steal it. Uh, <laughs> good. Definitely. Use that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. Like no matter how nervous you are about whatever it is, mm -hmm. soon it will be in. It will be a distant memory. Absolutely. That's yeah, that's what I have always. You know, go through tough times. It's like this is not going to last forever, so it's okay. Hopefully, just, yeah. Hopefully. Bad times. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, and then the, it, it's it, good or bad. It's it it forms who you are. So sometimes even having, well, not even sometimes having a bad set in comedy is not a bad thing because it always makes you better. Yeah. No, it, it, it's painful. <laughs> it's it's but, so painful. <laughs> yeah. But you're never going to get anywhere with anything if you don't have a hard time, you know, here and there. 
Yeah. And you can also become better at it because you're mm-hmm. like, okay, what went wrong? And it's not the audience, you know, it's, it's us that we need to fine tune something or work on something. Uh, see, so yeah, sometimes the audience, you know, doesn't I, I get say, it. sometimes you just have a bum yeah. night. Like sometimes something yeah. just goes off and, but still you get through those and you still learn and you still it makes you better and it, and it will eventually end. I know. But yeah, whenever it's a good set, it goes by fast. Whenever it's a shitty set, it's uh, just it's slower. Yeah. Oh my, it's the matrix all over again. Yes. Uh, so what was the first of the first, the best show that you've ever done? And what was the worst <laughs> that you've ever done? Oh, and that's such an easy thing to answer. I feel like um, there's been a lot of best shows, but like the highlight, I feel like I got to perform in Iraq um, on the footsteps of Saddam Hussein's palace at Camp Victory as the sun was setting. And there's like 2000 troops in front of me. That was an amazing, amazing set. I walked up and I was like, I just got a buzz cut and they're like, woo. And then I scratched my crotch <laughs> <laughs> for you. I buzzed it. I love it. That's great. That sounds like an amazing experience. Yeah, it was fun. But the worst one was um, in Philadelphia. I took about, it was like a six week window where I went to, to live with my grandmother. Um, she was recovering from having had heart surgery. Oh. And so while I was staying with her, I was, I was relatively new in comedy a couple of years in and um, I was, she would go to bed at night and I would hop in my car and drive. There were some open mics around town and there's, I think it's called comedy on the state. I don't know if it's still there, um, but I was going there. I did their open mic and blew it up. And the club was like, please come back this weekend. We want you to work. And, you know, so I booked the set for, and I showed up and um, while the weekday open mic was a very diverse crowd, the weekend crowd was like, it was a full on just African-American audience, which was fine. I've done a lot of black crowds. Like I wasn't intimidated by it, but the comic that introduced me went up and he did a killer, like 15 minutes of just like, you know, making the crowd just crazy. And he introduced me, no lie, Grace. He was like, the next comic coming to the stage is a white woman. And she's oh, white. When no. I say she's white, she is white, white, white. Cracker white. Like, I was just standing there, like, okay. And I literally, I walked up on stage. Like, they, he injured, he basically, he didn't even like hand me the mic. He like placed the mic down and walked past me. It was that bad. I don't know. I didn't do anything. I just showed right. up and the package that, anyways, I walked on stage to like a, like that, like nothing. Like, <laughs> So yeah, I'm so excited I, to see you. It was horrible, but yeah. I did my set. You know what? To, to the credit of everything that had happened, I, w- I got through my entire 30 minute set, yeah. did everything. Nobody, I didn't get booed. I didn't get anything. Like I got through it, but I was, I was, that was it. Like I got off stage and I recorded the set and I wrote on the tape the night Lana died. And I kept that tape because it's, you know, it's part of that history. Um, you know, yeah. I, and I, I think now if somebody gave me that bad of an introduction, I would have more skills to be able to recover yeah. from that. But oh, at the I, time I was just like, oh God, what the heck was that? How many years were you at that point? Probably three years in. Oh yeah, that's painful. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is so, we're still like little babies and very yeah. sensitive and very like, ooh, yeah. Did yeah. you cry? Did you cry after? No. No, but I was pretty bummed out. Like, you know, I mean, it was, it, it, you know, I just, it was, it was probably the worst 30 minute set I've ever had. And again, it could have gone way worse, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's, we have to keep that in mind. <laughs> it could be way worse. Like I finished yeah. my time. They, they, nobody was yeah. angry or upset or nobody disliked me. They just didn't love me or probably yeah. even like me that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long as they don't hate you, you know, I think that's, that's when it, I would get off the stage if they hated me. Like, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, I can't I, I, handle I mean, it. I'm sure, like, I know. I, look, if we're doing our job, somebody is going to hate us, too. Like, I'm sure of that. Of course. And, um, and I don't want anybody to, but, I mean, it's just. There's one time I did a set in a part of Los Angeles. was a rough part of town. I was pregnant, and there was this, like, like cholo dude that was in the audience. He was mm -hmm. really wasted, and he didn't under. Like, he was so drunk, and I, I must have said something that, like, attacked his machismo because he had his girl with him he was like yo fuck you i'm gonna kick you in your belly and he stood up and started to come at the stage like he was legitimately <laughs> kicking in my pregnant belly and i was like oh, what the? and then he got jumped by like all these other dudes jumped oh, on top of him and thank like, god yeah <laughs> thank god you know, drunks like it just stuff happens oh i know i know and and we have to deal with drunks you know and the further into the show you are <laughs> the drunker they are yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's quite a job that we have. Uh, so here, look, up, oh, Nate. Thank you. My favorite show to watch on Sunday nights. Thank you, Nate. Aww. Oh, Aww. see, they love us. Yay! <laughs> <For their> validation. <laughs> uh, let's see what he's. Uh, what, did, uh, what was it? Uh, <laughs> look at Chris. That's I found it. I like being hated, the villain. <laughs> so hey, yeah. Do you like being hated, Lana? Me? Yeah. I don't understand the context. No, I don't. I don't think <laughs> he so. Says he likes being hated. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Here's the thing. If, if I guess on some level, if people can can hate you and they can also love you, right? So yes, I just, I I look on at anybody in our business, and people love and hate yes. somebody who you know, a comic that we all know, whatever, like, it's just yeah. part of the business. And I think as comics, we all have like super fragile self-esteem. Like we get into this because we want people to love us and yes. we're all a little damaged and we need that validation. So when somebody doesn't like us, it's just like, oh, but I want you to love me. But it's I know. for everyone too. It's just, but you, you know, can't I, art without pissing someone off. Well, you know, I've reached a point I had, um, you know, I was, inducted in the comedy hall of fame in Florida, right? Last year. Yeah. I don't say shit like that. I know, but I was. And so, uh, you know, we do the lay down comedy and it was sponsored also by the national comedy hall of fame, like the first few episodes. Right. So there was a particular female comic who just like trashed the whole thing. Right. On Twitter, like a Twitter. Ha <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, you know, yeah, women, you know, uh, female comedians have been trying not to do stuff like that. And now she's doing this and you guys are supporting it. And to be honest with you, it was a friend's house. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. They're hate This bitch is hating me. Yeah. <laughs> so I made it. Yeah. I made it. That's how I felt. Like, I made it. I have a hater. 
Uh, I took the high road on that one, of course, because it was, I, I, I thought it was funny, honest. Yeah, I've reached that point. Look, I mean, no, people make quick leaps without knowing. And you know what? Look, if you're busy criticizing somebody else, maybe find your own thing to do. Yeah. Because that's not real fair. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but it's true. You have somebody who's who's making a lot of ruckus. It doesn't hurt you at all. No, I was very happy. Yeah. I got like two or three fans out of that on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and they're very supportive. So I'm like, yeah, cool. You're like, cool. She looks sexy. She looks, she's putting her boobs out to the world. And people are like, oh, I need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe that's why I was so happy that she was hating on me. <laughs> I don't give a shit anymore. I'm like, just, I, I don't know what happened to me. Like during COVID, I just like crossed some kind of barrier where it's like, I really don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, my not caring is like, I'm going to wear sweatpants for the rest of my life. <laughs> I love it. Mine is I'll wear lingerie on yeah. my podcast and not give a shit. That's great. So we've been in like different, you started out, <laughs> you know, with a, a controversial cover, which I love. We're going to show it. I love your covers. Uh, and then, and now you're going PJs. I'm over it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I love to celebrate like feeling good and looking good, but truly this whole year has been all about comfort. Like, you know, we yeah. don't have to get dressed. Like I'll I, I'll fall asleep tonight, and whatever I'm in, I will wake up in the morning and work out in, and then oh God, and then I'll get dressed after that. I try. I, I work right with, now. Actually, listen. I work with my PJ tops. They look. I bought PJ tops that look really good. Like they look like normal t-shirts. <laughs> like, and that's how I work with no bra, nothing, and PJ bottom. That's how I work. But you know, I I make sure like they shoot from here to here and zoom <laughs> when I work. So they don't see the the dying boobs. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're like, they're falling. Yeah, did I know? Yeah, I mean, we haven't worn bras in what like a year over a year. Oh, everything's gonna fall. Everything's gonna <laughs> fall. Everything's been falling. Yeah, <laughs> we need like I feel like I need tape or like a, an engineer to bring them up again. Yeah, um, when I get older, it sucks. So fun. I know, I know. I always had perky boobs because, well, not perky because they're big, but because I was a swimmer, my pecs are like really developed. So, um, so that's what I'm doing now. I'm working the pecs a lot, <laughs> so they come back. They're back up. They're, yeah. they're getting there. Yeah, the pecs are doing their job. Um, <laughs> this is what you get when you talk to female comedians, right? This <laughs> kind of lots and lots of pec talk. Yeah, totally. Exactly. That's that's exactly what happens. Uh, so my next uh, thing that I wanted to ask you um, is writing, because there's a lot of people that are watching who are comics or they want to to be comics or they, you know, they want to learn from people like you. Uh, what are your writing strategies as far as like when you write new material or new songs? I don't write enough, to be honest, um, but so I try and uh, songs are different. So sometimes I'll get an idea for a song and then I'll put down a note. Like I have a bunch of notes for songs that I want to write. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the song will just come all at once and you just write everything out and it comes, you know, just, but other ones you have to like work through. Um, and that's, 
that's a different, so there's like two very different processes. And then I'm more of a lyricist than a musician, I feel. So once mm -hmm. I get the lyrics, then I kind of just noodle around on the guitar. And in general, like I, I pretty much do like pretty simple chords. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to, I played my whole life, so I can play more complicated stuff if I'm really focused on it. But I don't think it enhances a comedy song that much for me to be like super complex on the guitar. Oh, um, totally. That's not the focus. It's the funny. So the, the lyrics, lyrics are more important. Um, but for stand-up, I'm more like when something happens in life, I write it down. I have um, a rest, like a program now in my phone. It's Restia. Um, you can get it on your computer. Oh. It's it's like an organizational program. Mm -hmm. um, I, I used to use... Um, there's another one. Trello was the other one that I was using for a while. And so that's really helpful because like I have my act and then I have like bits. So I have like one column that's like ideas and then I have bits I've tried and bits that are actually in my act. So I'll have my one hour like lined up now. I never used to do this. I mean, this is all within the last couple of years and it's been nice. super helpful to keep thoughts organized. And then yeah. I can go into there and then you can add so if you have a joke, you've written the, the premise on the first line, right? So here's here's my idea for, for a joke. I should pull it up so I can tell you. Like, here's an idea for a joke. Um, like, I'm going to joke about COVID or whatever, and then yeah. have a whole bunch of categories. And what about COVID was interesting? Oh, like wearing a mask. And then under mask, I put like, oh, like I'm breathing my own breath or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then I can elaborate on that. And, and then what the idea is to get on stage <laughs> and then try it and keep trying it and figuring it out. And really the until you do something on stage, you just don't know. You just don't know. That's the thing. You know, with acting, you can practice at home. You can you know, have a reader, whatever. But we are, like, we write the stuff and we have to try it with an audience or else yeah. we don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's, and then a lot of times you'll write stuff while you're on stage. Like, I so many yes. times a bit and then something will happen in the room and now all of a sudden that's become part of your actor. Yeah, that's that's the most fun. Yeah, writing on your feet. I love that too. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, when you tape it, it's great. But when you don't, it's like I keep a note in my, it's like, oh, that was good. <laughs> keep it in the back of my head. And then I get off the stage and I write it down or else I'll forget it completely. Uh, here, uh, Chris uh, is asking, who taught you the guitar? Oh, that's it. Um, I started playing when I was, like I said, when I was really young in second grade. But my dad played guitar but not well um so in fact he was very funny on the guitar so he would play like a song by some other artist but sing it way out of tune and like intentionally play it bad probably because he didn't feel like he could play that well mm -hmm. and i would just think that was the funniest thing so i guess t my dad was the first introduction to um comedy or being funny yeah. on the guitar mm -hmm. um, and then my first uh concert live was Rafi at the library. Do you remember Rafi? As a Canadian, Chris, you know Rafi. But uh, so like those types of just cute little funny songs. And I was just really inspired by that. And uh, I started taking lessons. Um, my first guitar was an electric guitar because my hand was so small. And, you know, you got to be able to press on the strings. And oh. electric guitars are much easier to learn on. And uh, and I've played pretty much my whole life. I'll you know, there were times in my life where I wasn't as interested. And then there were other times where I was like super into it. So, yeah. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, for the question. That was a great question. 
Uh, here, Nate has a question, and it's it's Lana, and I know that's probably autocorrect, which I hate. <laughs> from Lana to Laguna, that's that's okay. autocorrect for you. Oh my God, uh, have you ever dealt with writer's block? Um, I mean, I've gone through times when I haven't been as prolific, and then there have been times where I'm just like, you know, lots of stuff is flowing through, um, but never just a complete nothing. Um, cause I've been doing comedy for gosh, like, I don't want to say how long, 20 years. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. so as long as you're still getting on stage and you, you know, you, you just try stuff. Otherwise it gets boring. Yeah. Um, it gets boring to do your own stuff over and over. You want to write yeah. stuff and besides stuff happens to us. Right. And, and we want to somehow express it on the stage and yeah. make, make a funny out of it. Yeah, I will say this, though. I was thinking about it a little bit. Like, while I was working on my first one-hour special, mm -hmm. I did that material so much for so long that I was getting really bored with it. And the best mm -hmm. thing I was able to do was record it and get rid of it. And I feel like oh. right before COVID, I was getting to that place again where I was like, I just want to record this stuff, and then I can move on to the next. Because that they it's, like, very marketing to have material from, like, a a couple of years of your life or whatever, or the, yeah. this period and just wanting to dump it and move on. Totally. Yeah. You, yeah. we outgrow our material. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the only way I think to evolve as a comedian and, and get better is to keep writing and doing stuff that's relevant to you at the time. Mm -hmm. And, re uh, and recording it is the best way to force you to dump all that material and, and try and come up with something new. I love that concept. I'm going to, again, that's the second steal. I'm going to steal that from you. I'm going to record all my shit, get rid of it, and write some yeah, new nowadays stuff. Nowadays, you can really do a decent job of recording stuff. But we just, yeah. once we get back on stage, like, just can't. Oh. <laughs> well, have you been doing a lot of Zoom shows? Some. Some. Yeah. And how do you feel about them? Um, they've been an interesting learning experience because mm -hmm. they're not easy to do. Yeah. Um, you're not getting that same reaction from the crowd but it i mean even doing this right now i mean it's it's totally a different experience than recording a podcast if we're sitting directly across from each other it just yes. it, took, it takes a lot of getting used to but so i think it, we built a different set of skills this year oh definitely and i actually read an article that said that uh the this is here to stay like zoom shows and they're like yeah so that's going to be something that comedy clubs are going to alternate, are going to kind of like supplement the, you know, the, the live shows with the Zoom shows. Because think about it, you can get people from other countries, from other everything, you know, people don't have to travel. So you, you can capture that market by doing Zoom shows. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, the whole world has changed so much. So Oh my God, yes, everything. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to drive less. We're going to do business from home way more. And entertainment is going to be more home-based, I think, yeah. or studio-based. Yeah, sure. that's my prediction. <laughs> we can uh, wear pajamas all the time. Oh, my God, what a dream. That's my dream. You hate getting dressed and, and like, oh, my God, and pick an outfit and, and, and put on makeup. and Right? Yep, those days yeah. are... <laughs> yeah, they're gone. They're gone. But we're going to do them again, but not as much, I think. It's not going to be as intense. Probably. So, uh, oh, so Chris is in my PJs right now. Yeah, welcome to the club, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty late where you are, right? Like 1130. Yeah, 
like four hours ahead in Canada, right? I don't know, at least three. Yeah. Okay, so this is one thing that I wanna show. Let me see if I can share the screen because this is a one woman production. Uh, oh, I have to bring up the uh, other one. Okay, hold on, give me one second. Um, so you have two albums and I wanted to show the covers and so we can talk about them. Um, okay, no. Where is Lana? Oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry. Oh, here it is. Okay. Yay. I found it. Yeah. I'm not really good at this. Okay. So here it is. Um, so you have three comedy albums, but I want to talk about the uh, second one and the third one. If, if these lips could talk. Uh, yeah. now, <laughs> now I hear that you had some controversy with that album cover, right? On Amazon. Oh, you know what, on, um, which one was it? Like I put it up on sort of like a, a website that can distribute it. And I yeah. want to say, I don't want to say, I, I don't know which one it was, whether it was like Amazon or Pandora or iTunes or whatever. They didn't like, they, they rejected it, I think, because I'm so exposed. Wow. And, uh, so I just put like lips over my area and then they accepted it. <laughs> oh like my big, God. What's yeah. the difference? So basically, it went from the microphone to like lips, and that. So this is unacceptable, but this this was. I don't get it. Our world is crazy. Yeah, it really is. Um, and then the other one, dig jokes, another assorted love song. So that one. When did you release that one? Years ago. Um, and then I also I have my one hour special, which isn't up on audio, but um, that's on Tubi, um, and that's oh, called. Tubi. Yeah, and that's called. So I wrote a song about it. Um, but yeah, yeah, those, I think Dick Jokes was my first comedy album. I think that's mm -hmm. the one. And then If These Lips Could Talk, I think that was number two. It's been so long. And then Limeade was a couple of years ago, which that's my favorite. I love oh, really? That. Oh my God. I love that album. I mean, why, it's my, why is it your favorite? Um, first, I think it's, I mean, it's just produced beautifully. Like the music is if, if you listen to that album, you can appreciate the music without it even being comedy. Like there's some just, it's just really well produced. The guy who um, produced it for me, Norman Arnold, he was one of the heads of Warner Brother Music. Like he's an amazing, like he's, his career is so incredible. And I just, I love that. And I, and I did a visual album to complement that. And it's like a lot of, when we talked earlier about having, something flood through you. That was, mm -hmm. I'd say that was, Limeade was the closest thing. I wrote a bunch of songs. Not all of them were about my divorce. Not all of them were about my ex-husband, but I was able to make them about him, even if they weren't, and turn it into this like divorce anthem of like, yeah, it's a breakup album, but it's comedy. Wow. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Okay. Breakups. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh and relationships, yes. Uh, so here is Nate. Uh, he says, I hate autocorrect. Laguna, Lana. Yeah, <laughs> my, <it's okay. laughs> my next question for Lana Turner, have you ever played any sports before you got into comedy? Sports? Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, like as a, as a, as a kid, I, I was um, on dance team. I was uh, in my high school like drill team, which is 
the Marquettes, but I was not. They call them the Marcows because there were some fat girls on the dance team. I used to before that. I even do a joke about this. Like I was, um, I played softball when I was like in middle school. But I, I, my joke is, I was terrible. I knew at an early age because that I couldn't be a lesbian because I was so bad at softball. Um, in fact, I was so bad at it, and I, I played for like three years, and I, I was terrified to catch the ball. Like I was so bad, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I got. At the end of the season, um, oh, before I tell you that, we had this one game where we were like, you know that moment where the bases are loaded, two players are out, and the coach looks over in the dugout, and he sees me, and he goes, because <laughs> I was the next one. <laughs> and I went up to bat, and it was strike, 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 out. And every girl walked past me like I just – I couldn't, I was terrible. Um, and so at the end of the season, they gave everyone trophies, like best slide, Sally, like Mary, amazing catch. You're like Candace, you can throw like nobody's business. My award was literally most feminine player. I can't. I got the joke award. No, most feminine player. <laughs> yeah, that would that. never go over today, but I, no. yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I got that. But I love, I lo right now as, as an adult, I work out a lot. I used to do a Good. lot of heavy weights. I've, I've cut back on that, but I love to mm -hmm. hike and like any, I just try and stay as active as possible. And I work out a lot. So Good. That's, yeah. that's key to good health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, here, Chris is asking, what position did you play? Oh, uh, right field. I have no idea because I don't know about that. But That's okay, probably right field. the most useless place because female <laughs> softball players typically don't really hit the ball to right field very often. And when they did, it was, you know, it, and it came to me, that was it. Everyone was getting home. Like the, <laughs> well, I wasn't catching it and I wasn't going to be able to throw it in. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you want to talk about the documentary that you produced I mean, it's still like a work in progress at the moment. Um, yeah. So there's not too much to talk about it, but the it's a amazing film. I mean, it ties into my relationship. Um, mm -hmm. So whatever you want to know, yeah. I've I've had this documentary in the works for five years, and it's so good. But Grace, everything takes so much longer and is so much harder than you could ever imagine. Like. I don't, unless you're, you know, Spielberg or J.J. Abrams, it just takes forever, forever. to get yeah. a project. Like from the time you start it to the time you finish it and the amount of money it takes and all the effort to, it's, you're literally pushing a, a rock up a mountain, but it's, yeah. it's so good and it's getting there. But there's a lot more to it than I ever realized, which is great. It's fun, but it's, you know, not all fun. Producing this documentary has been painful too, but it's definitely an amazing experience. Can you tell the audience what it's about? What Sure, what yeah. Um, so my husband was comedian Ralphie May, um, which often, if you don't know me and you're not familiar with the story, I think sometimes people are surprised when they learn that because Ralphie was mostly known for being amazingly hilarious, but also mm -hmm. for being very fat. Mm -hmm. um, so Ralphie was, no, I'm not exaggerating. He was 800 pounds when I met him. I met him in Houston when I first started as a comedian. We became friends. And wow. I loved him dearly. He was so yeah. funny and so sweet. Of and course. our relationship progressed, much to my surprise, because of his size, fell in love with him. Um, 
And then seven years later, he got on Last Comic Standing, and we went from living off of Crenshaw in a like really scary, terrible apartment, and to a nicer yeah. part of LA, to buying a house, then to getting married, then to having two children, then to moving on in our careers, and nice. his faltering health, to him mm -hmm. seeking. You know, I mean, when you're that size, you're in a lot of pain, and uh, he had a lot, a lot of health problems, and then that led to pain pill addictions and mm. other things and um it led to him filing for divorce which was shocking um and then um we never ended up getting divorced because he he died before it was finished so that left me in the position of being a widow instead of a divorcee but mm. about a year and a half before the divorce started we did a nine-month documentary about him it was meant to be a weight loss documentary Oh, wow. I really, I was a prelude to him filing for divorce because, <laughs> I mean, he had a camera on him and he wasn't going to lose the weight. And I just, it's a very hard thing to, to watch somebody be that sick um, and not take control. Um, yeah. And uh, so the documentary is really sad but it's also meant to be a celebration of Ralphie and his life and his career. And, and balancing that has been something that, um, you know, is my responsibility and something I take very, very seriously. So I'm working really hard to try and get a really like balanced, really excellent story about him and that celebrates him. That's, that's great. Wow. Yeah. Um, here, Chris says, I'd like to support your documentary when it comes out. Well, of course, Chris. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It will come out eventually. It's just been a lot of, um, you know, I've, it's been a lot. But yeah, there's an email list um, on it's. So right now the film is called What's Eating Ralphie May. It's a really mm -hmm. long story. We don't need to get all into that. But if you go yeah. to whatseatingralphiemay.com, you can sign up for the email list and then you can get updates whenever we figure out what's going on. But um, yeah. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Easier because then you can also hear about when I'm going to be in your town or when I'm going to be doing something, which is just my name, LanaTurner.com. Yeah, yeah. Here's the. Let me show the website. Oh, um, yeah, let me show it. Actually, okay. Let's see, I got it. Um, hmm. Okay, yeah. There it is. Uh, did I do the right? Uh, whoops. What is that? Wait. Oh, that's me. That's us. Look, it's showing. Both screens. Okay. You see, I suck at this. Oh. <laughs> totally suck. Okay. So I know, I think I know what I need to do. Okay. Let me try again. Let me try one more time. Uh, share screen. Now I'm going to mess up again. Oh no, here it is. Yay. Okay. So here it is. Um, so let me go. So oh, here's there you the go. You found it. Yeah, there it is. I love your website. It's so good and easy to navigate. Uh, so so you got your videos, uh, great pictures. I love your pictures. You got a lot of press. So you did, oh, you with Dr. Drew. Oh my gosh, I love Dr. Drew. Oh my God, isn't he the best? Yeah, and he's a producer on, on, the, on the documentary. He's oh. wonderful. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, he's like, I mean, I've loved him since Love Lines, you know, like, and then yeah. to know him and I'm just in awe of, He's just every, yeah, such a, such a great 
he's he's a great guy. When I first moved to LA, I did a show that he had for a minute called uh, Strictly Sex with Dr. Drew. Ah. Yeah, it was, he was so, so nice and so knowledgeable. Very cool guy. Yeah. I really like him. So, okay, so that's Alana's website. So guys, tune in and check out where she's going to be and all the great stuff she's doing, the great work she's doing. Uh, LanaTurner.com, not LagunaTurner.com. <laughs> like, while we're doing all this, like, promoting, um, go to my YouTube channel because there's, I, I'm always, I've been really posting a lot of stuff during, especially during COVID and just, like, yeah, yes, Lana Turner videos, right? That's the one? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. That on there. Let me, now I'm going to do a good job because I know exactly what I got to do. I'm just uh, going on YouTube and, like, ignore yeah. anything that isn't cool <laughs> right here yes <laughs> there you go so you yeah, have the videos thank you small d's are perfect i love that yeah. oh i know that song <laughs> you do a lot of sexual stuff right yeah yeah, yeah. Mind. i joke that i have a mind of a 14 year old boy <laughs> you do <laughs> yeah. you really so do lucky. that's so funny i never yeah. thought about that but yeah i'm so lucky that i'm in like this form otherwise I. <laughs> and you know why you can pull off like the dirtiest shit because you like sound so innocent and look so innocent and you're so pretty so it's like you can say anything you can get away with murder lana you know that right like you can too, Grace. So. <laughs> yeah, I have actually not literal murder, but almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let me look for your comedy video. I know I have it uh, here. Let me see. Uh, okay, I had it, and I don't know where it went. New dick. Okay, yeah, that's the one. I think. Yeah, is it this? Is it the improv one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I found it. Yay. Okay. So let me share it. I'm talking to myself. I do that a lot. Uh, okay. There. Yeah. Okay. There it is. This I'm is what COVID has done. I talk to myself even more. So here's a Lana's song, guys. It's called New D. Mountain, a wall, a great big sea, which represents the loss between you and me. As my heart falls apart, my brain hurts to feel. I can't believe we're over and this is for real. You're gonna run. <laughs> <laughs> Go fast. I swear it gets happy, it's not sad. <laughs> oh, it hurts so much being lovesick. It'll get better once again. I love it. Yeah, nothing uh, can heal faster than New D. <laughs> I, yeah, there's. I have. I love. I like posting videos. Like, there's some. If you like some really raunchy stuff, the ASMR, you know, ASMR, the whispering on YouTube and they're like, relax and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a funny video. There's like one, it's, but it's, it gets, it gets pretty raunchy. Of course. It's you. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't expect any less. <laughs> <laughs> of course. 
so um, now I'm going to go to like personal questions. Um, who is your favorite person and why? Favorite person like on the planet? I guess. Yeah. <sighs> That's a tough one to name. I mean, I immediately thought of my mom. Like, was that like... Um, and then I, you know, I have an amazing boyfriend and like, I have a wonderful, then I thought my, my kids, like they're pretty amazing. Right. You hope that you'd like your kids a lot. Um, you're very diplomatic, aren't you? Yeah, but it's true. Like, <laughs> you like a lot of people. Yeah. There's like, not just one person. To, like for my favorite person for like, that's a tough one. I think I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I have a best friend that I've known since second grade. She's amazing. Like, so yeah, that's a tough one, Grace. I hate to that's be a so tough one. Okay. I can't, I'm, I love a lot of people. You're kind of polyamorous. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you are. I need a lot of different people to love. Yeah, I can, I can tell. I can tell. And look, they love you. Uh, Grace Fraga, you always have the funniest guests that are just priceless. They always brighten my day. Thank you, Aww. Nate. That is so sweet. Awesome. Thank you. And Diana says, Grace, thank you for promoting female comics. Yes. Woo, of course. And for you, Lana, size queen. Oh, well. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I, it's, it's important. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We're going to leave it at that. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's relatively important. Yeah, relatively is it the right word. Correct. It's all relative. <laughs> like, look, I, anything like too much is all of anything is. Oh yeah, girl. No, no, no. Hurts. So yes. Yeah. yeah. No. And too little. It's like, where is it? But so, yeah. Yeah. Um, too little is also. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so here's a question from Jeremy. Um, Question for Lana, what is the greatest compliment that anyone ever gave you and who was it? Huh, the greatest compliment. I, that's a good question. Let me think for a second. The greatest compliment anyone has ever, ever given to me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I have to say like, I mean, hearing that you're an amazing mother is like really good. That's that's a good one. Um, but I want to come up with something like dirty, you know? Oh my god! You like, oh my god! Just a mom. <laughs> I mean, being a good mother, but I want something dirty. I mean, come on, that's so funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you, you glaze my donut. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, like what? <laughs> I mean, something that we can say without, you know, I don't know. What, what, okay, in bed, what would be something that you would like to hear? Well, what would I want to hear in bed? Oh, I'll just, I'm so, I'm so shitty. Just, I love you. Oh, oh my God. You're like a romantic? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I'm a lover. I, I love. Yeah, you are. You yeah. are definitely 100%. And I'm really codependent. Really you great. are yes yeah but uh yeah like 
<laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of like, look, there's there's very little you can't say to somebody when like I, I'm down to hear whatever because I've got a dirty yeah. mind too, right? <laughs> yes, no, stop it. I could have never guessed. Like, like when uh, I'm so gross, like whenever. <laughs> you are gross, yes. <laughs> in a good yeah, way. Right. I feel like I'm more like the sexual harasser in my relationship. <laughs> you know, I can totally see that. Yeah. I, what would be something that you would tell somebody that you wanted? Um, every month when it's my time of the month, I'm like, what do you say? We get your dick bloody. That pretty much ends any point. <laughs> Like, there's not going to be any sex for that, like, four days. Yeah, yeah I look like Come a man. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Some things are boner killers, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> and as a female comic, we do a lot of boner killer phrases. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Oh, my God. And then after they come out of your mouth, you're like, I'm not getting any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was a great joke. Let me write it on my notes. Yeah, I'm going to keep yeah. that one for later. Yeah. yeah. If I'm not yeah. getting late, at least I want to get a laugh. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you have to balance. Getting late or getting laughs. Hmm. That's a good one. Uh, oh, Nate has another question for you. Uh, have you ever done any acting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've done a couple of independent films and uh, did um, like, I do like my own sketches and stuff. Um, so in that way, but I'm not big on auditioning for stuff that's just never mm, been yeah yeah i i discovered i mean i have had some success auditioning for things um mm -hmm. like when i first two months into la i booked a, a pilot on showtime it was more of a reality-based thing but i still had to go in and and perform for the audition but nice. um but yeah I, I never liked that process of getting worked up to go into an audition it just felt so yeah much like a gamble with my time. Whereas stand up, yeah. I know I'm going to show up. I got a gig. I'm going to do the gig and, and move on. And um, you get money for it. Yeah. You don't get money for auditioning. Yeah. Well, auditioning, you spent, I was trying, oh. when I was trying to do it, I'd spend so much time trying to learn someone's lines and yeah. how to execute it. And, and then to not have anything come to fruition for that. I think it's a gambling and a numbers game. Yeah. You do enough of those auditions, eventually you're going to book something. Um, Absolutely. But, Maybe not for everyone, but maybe. And I just, I don't know, but I, I've done a lot of my own projects. Like even I made um, the project that I was talking about the, the album that I'm acting in that. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I think uh, stand up comics were more independent. We don't like to wait for also for other people to give us opportunities. We're used to seeking our own opportunities. Well, through stand-up, I booked the few acting roles that I've done for indie films. I did a, a movie called Teacher of the Year, mm -hmm. and um, the guy that produced that film, he saw me do stand-up, and he was like, you're going to play this part of Ursula, the teacher, and he had me do my bit in his movie. Um, nice. And the film did pretty well. You can watch it. It's I, 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 I believe it's, I want to say it's on Netflix. It was for a while. It's a really cute film. Nice. Um, I did This Is Meg and you know, I've done a couple of other indie films like that, just purely off of knowing people and being in comedy. So. Of being seen, yeah, that's great. That Absolutely, that's better than auditioning, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, Chris is asking, do you find the Canadian audiences are harder to perform than the ones for um, in the US? I've only performed in Canada a few times and it's been a long time, but 
Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know those those damn Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> There's, you know, it's, it can't. I feel like um, having grown up in Canada, it's like a little more of like a European vibe, mm-hmm. um, more so than an American vibe, and like, so it's definitely like a different humor. But I mean, I I love Canada. I want to do more shows there. So Chris, I got to come up there. There you go. Yeah, maybe Chris can book you somewhere. Yay! So um, let's see. Uh, this is another personal question that I have for you. Uh, what are you grateful for? Oh, my gosh. I'm like the most blessed person. Um, I feel like I have so much to be grateful for. Um I mean, I've got like amazing kids and, you know, a couple of years ago, I almost like I lost, I got so close to like losing our home and like Ooh. not being able to like stay here. And I mean, it was really a hard time and I, I've gotten through all of it. But at the end of the day, like just being grateful for having a dick, that's a good thing. <laughs> just the, the basic things in life, Grace. Yeah, like a stable dick, like right there, dick. Yeah. You don't have to go out on dates and then like go through the process. You got your dick right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little jelly. Yeah. Because I have I still have, 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 have for a it. lot to be grateful for. Yes. I have a yes. house. I have, you know, some. My kids are kind of are cock blocks. <laughs> I, I bet. Have, I feel really blessed that I'm able to do stand up and have my family and, and, have wonderful friends and it's uh, so cheesy all the things I'm grateful for. Cause it's all like, but lucky I'm healthy. And yeah. I'm really lucky. I'm really, really lucky woman. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Do you have any regrets? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like so not fun to talk about. Then we're not going to talk about it if you don't when, want to. Like not regrets. The only regrets that I could have controlled, if I could have controlled my regrets, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And right. I like where I am right now. So I would not want to go and change the, those things. Mm-hmm. And even so, and I'm really grateful for them. But like, look, I mean, I, I married a person that was really, really sick. And I really, really loved him. And that was really hard. And addiction, there's a cycle to it. So like, that was really hard for me for a long time. And then, and then losing the friendship and the relationship mm-hmm. was one thing, but then having him die, that was a whole nother thing. And uh, so it's been a pretty heavy thing to go through. I mean, there's no yeah. trivializing it. It's It's been crazy hard. Um, but again, you know, like you get through the hardest stuff I've got, I can't regret that because I've got this amazing life and, and I have his legacy to perpetuate, which, you know, I'm very lucky to have that as an opportunity as well. So like, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you are a very positive person. You have to be right. Yeah. And this business is hard. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'd have to say, I regret there were so many people that I was really nice to. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I regret being nice to like a couple of the people that were in my husband's life at the end of his life. 
Uh-huh. So it's like I I had like people that I gave so much to that it came out and like Joey Diaz is a perfect example. Like I gave him so we gave him money, we gave him baby clothes, we gave him all these things, and then he gets on his podcast and says like horrible things about me. And I'm just like, and and what? then they put a second tombstone on Ralphie's grave and then said that I didn't buy my husband a tombstone. And like said that I was like this horrible person and it was all like, and I got so many Ooh. hateful messages from people. And I, so I, re I regret ever having like being nice to him because he was so awful. Yeah. But yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole interesting story. Wow. So, and, that happened. That's terrible. Can you imagine if somebody put a headstone Ooh. on the grave of somebody? Like, first of all, it's fully legal. Yeah. Um, second of all, they put my kids' names on the tombstone. And then they misspelled my son's name or like didn't get his name right, whatever. And then they, and then they went on this podcast and said that I didn't get him like it's crazy. So I don't wow. know. Yeah. The story. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. You were nice to him too. Damn. What's that? I'm sorry. You were nice to him too. Yeah, I, was nice. I was nice to a lot of those people that were really uncool at the end. I was just like, whoa, but that's addiction for you. Like these people were mm. all there. There was a guy that was opening for Ralphie in Vegas and Ralphie was staying at his house when he died. And um, I called him up like when I found out like the next day and I was like, hey, his name was Gabe Lopez. And I was like, Gabe, Ralphie left his, you know, does he have anything at your house? I'm sure you want to get rid of, like get it out of there. Somebody passed away at my house. I want their stuff out quickly. And he yeah. was like, yeah, you know, he has a suitcase here. Okay, we'll just bring it out to LA when we have the memorial. And he shows up in LA with, they didn't bring it. And then I find out that his car, he had his car. He wasn't going to give it back. What? Oh my yeah, I God. I guess I had to go, I had to find the car, go to Vegas with, and show up at his place with the police and get the car. These wow. These people were like supposed to be his friend. And they are just like, they all wanted more, 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 more. Yeah. They're users. That's what they are basically. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if I have one regret, it's, being too and and here's the thing I wouldn't change a thing about it I would always be generous always be kind yeah. always be giving because that's my nature but like it sucks to be nice to people and then have them yeah. you know just not it's a betrayal them. it's a huge yeah. betrayal yeah it's taken a lot of energy for me to like come past that and be like okay like those people thank god they're not in my life anymore but wow like so uncool yeah, not cool at all. Yeah. yeah. Here, uh, Chris is saying we deal with users and losers. Yeah, those two yeah. are people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and when you have so much success, yeah, you get like more of that type of stuff. And when mm -hmm. you're, when there's addiction involved, it's even more. Yeah. So. I agree. Well, we're, yeah. uh, I haters. Think yeah, the haters. We don't like the haters. Okay, we have here a lover. And he's saying, Nate is saying, Lana Turner has me laughing so hard and making me think at the same time. Oh, good. Yay. That's my goal. I'm so happy, Nate. That's your goal. I love it. That's good. See? Um, so the last <laughs> question that I always ask my guests is, um, what do you want to be known for? Oh, that's a good one. Um <laughs> Talking a lot about dick. No, I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you know from my boobs? Um, well, I think uh, I think 
for making people laugh, right? Like I want to make sure that people, you know, in a in a and I think what Nate said, Nate's compliment. Yeah, he got you. Laughing. And yeah. that's a gift I can give. And here's the thing, just for one person, it makes me so happy. For one person, exactly. It doesn't matter. Amounts don't matter. It's just, yeah. If, if you can, um, you know, my thing is love and help others. And if I can do that for one person, you know, I've, I feel like I've achieved something. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, I think we all have a mission on this planet. We're here, we're put here for a reason. So you're put here for, to make people laugh and love people and uh, talk a lot about dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. That's right. It's going to be yes. us. Of course. Who else? I mean, we're, we're experts on dick. I don't uh, know that I'm an expert. But I really want one. Like I'm, I, I, I think I was born in the wrong. Like I'm not. I'm not somebody who would change my body. But I definitely have penis envy to the nth degree. Like oh my god, me too. When I was like little, I used to <laughs> carry a pencil and say that was my dick. I'm not kidding. Really? Yes. Do you still do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had penis envy for sure. I was like, why do they have all that stuff? And I have nothing. Yeah. No, it's definitely like, I, here's, I, I've done a lot of thinking about what I would do if I had a dick. And, yeah. and it, it's so, it's so twisted because <laughs> I'm heterosexual in my desire. Yeah. So I would have a dick, but I would want to be with straight dudes. So you'd be a so I'd be dude. that gay dude that's walking around just hitting on straight dudes. I'd be like a, like a rapist. Yeah, that would be very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd just be that that dude, you know. Like, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, too much work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it would seem like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and what better way to end the podcast with Dick? Two female comics ending with Dick. That's like the way it should be, the way God intended. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being on Love at First Laugh. And uh, and uh, let's see. Oh, one more thing. Let's see. Uh, Nate, Lana Turner, has anyone ever told you that you look like Linda Carter who played Wonder Woman? Oh, yeah, oh. you do. He's that, right. That's awesome. I Wonder know. Woman, uh, I, mean, I mean, I have the dark hair and the light skin. But and the blue eyes, so yeah, yeah. I can totally see it. And on that okay. note, we can yeah, say great place to end on. We didn't have to end on Dick. We can end on Wonder Woman. Which oh my god, even better, even better. Dick. By the way, I just Wonder we were talking about Wonder Woman the other day, and that just came across with my kids because we talk superheroes a lot. And we're oh like, yeah, we wouldn't have Wonder Man or like the Wonder Woman versus like Superman. It's still not on the level. Like yeah. Wonder Woman is like, I wonder what she's doing. Like Wonder, like what? Why not Superwoman? You, know, you have Supergirl, but it's not as empowered as Superwoman, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Very, very keen observation. Yeah, we talk a lot about superheroes. I love that. That's very cool. <laughs> All right, so thank you again for being on the my second podcast here and. If you guys want to see us in lingerie, uh, go to myonlyfans.com slash Grace Comedy. 
and you can see us on in lingerie talking shit about, talking about anything we talk about a lot of stuff yeah that was a fun time that was fun and definitely follow lana on facebook um twitter and it's all lana turner right yeah uh, instagram it's all it's easy to follow and go to her, her website uh, for updates lanaturner.com her youtube everything just follow her she's amazing and hopefully she'll be back yay i can't wait to see you in person and give you a big hug grace i know me too i can't wait yes oh my god all right thank you guys for tuning in and all the wonderful questions and i will see you next sunday at seven pacific standard time all right bye